Hi guys, it's Kara, host of Everyone's Business But Mine. And let's be real, one thing that makes the show possible is by selling sponsorships to advertisers. One way you can support us in getting more sponsors is by telling us a little bit more about yourself. You can do that by filling out a quick survey at the link in the show description. Plus, your answers are anonymous. They'll help us learn what you love most about the show and how to make it even better. The questions will ask you about the things that help advertisers understand the audience. It'll only take a few minutes, and it's an easy way to help the show. So you can find the link in the show description. Thank you so much, and stay tuned for the rest of the show. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewelry. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. And he knew I was married. That to me, that's hard for me. That's hard for me. By the way, she's not the only married woman who in my gym. Did you, does she know that? I don't know. If I didn't care about her, I wouldn't even say anything. But I do care about her, and I care about her family. No stand-up guy goes after married women. I might look like the bad guy, but in the- <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of Everyone's Business But Mine with me, Kara Berry. Um, I'm going to call this like a inaugural State of the Housewives episode. We're going to be doing Orange County. Um, I have not spoken about the season of Orange County uh, yet. One, because I don't want to. <laughs> um, but two, because I hadn't even really watched it. And I have to say, in binge watching this I'm now picking up what you guys are all putting down about how this is being like a you know to quote Andy return to form and this be like kind of OG housewife just like the stakes are so high over things that are like relatively low and I I'm getting I'm getting it and, and I'm enjoying I'm enjoying what I'm watching so far but I also think that like you know maybe I need gonna need to like hold off for another six episodes and then catch up again you know just so I can really fully enjoy it like I did this time but let's talk about what's going on you know as you know we're at episode like what six or seven so you don't really need a whole exhaustive backstory on what is happening but for those of you who don't watch Orange County or whatever I'm going to like 
let you know just the bullet points, the Orange County for dummies of what I think is important leading up to these newest episodes. The season begins with Gina ghosting Heather, according to Heather, like in between seasons, they had this whole, we're two New York girls in Orange County. Let's drunkenly eat slices of pizza on the street and like talk about the good old days and our accents. Right. But Heather saying, Gina's out here in these streets and she's not hitting her up. She's starting wearing less and going out more. And you know, she's not hitting Heather on the hotline bling. Heather decides in her mind, this is the result of possibly her being too fancy because she's Miss Fancy Pants that maybe Gina's like intimidated by that or whatever. And like, doesn't want to invite her to like her little things, but that's not the case. Okay. Um, Gina seems pretty blindsided by this. More on that later. The twins are also going to college. That's a whole thing. Am I going to be talking about it? No. It's a whole thing for Heather. And it seems to be um, her reasoning and excuse for like all of what might be happening with her emotionally, which admittedly isn't much. Um, but that seems to be the through line. Anyway, Tamara, Tamara's back. Cut Fitness is closing. Tamara's back in full force. She is really like a bat out of hell. You guys know that I say that Tamara is the number one person that I think has like raccoon energy. And by that, I just mean like, I don't know what I'm going to get with you. You know, like I am, am I going to be able to like peacefully hand you a piece of bread and you're going to eat it. And I'm going to be like, oh my God, that's so cute. Look at your hands. They're like humans, but like tiny. Or are you going to like start screeching and try to claw my eyes out? You just really never know. Are you feral? Do you have rabies? You know, the face is cute, but you never know what's going on on the inside. There's always like an underlying tension because of that, right? She and, see, she and Shannon are on the outs because Tamara got in front of every microphone that she could to say that uh, Shannon sucks, she's a user, boozer, a loser, I don't like her, whatever. This culminates in, like, her going ham. Hamra. She went hammer on Shannon on a boat. Shannon apologizes, but Tamara's too drunk to realize it. So somebody ends up telling her later. So she ends up apologizing to Shannon at the Cut Fitness closing. And Shannon's like, "Mm, you know, I accept that, but I've been burned a little too many times on the Tamara train. So I'm going to be cautious about this whole situation. Tamara's mom also lives with her. I guess that's a thing. Unfortunately, we're also subjected to... Her son, Ryan, who has a new job as like a insurrectionist slash farmer or something. I don't know. Emily seems like we might be on the way out with her. Her storyline seems to revolve around her daughter, Annabelle, who really wasn't, um, you know, like no disrespect to children, wasn't really like, you know, she, she was no Melania. She was no Mr. President, you know? And so she wasn't really like, jumping off the page cute kid god bless her but like now we've got this whole big storyline about her wanting to get into acting and modeling and it's like okay i just don't know if i'm on the train with you in fact i know i'm not i know i'm not shane has passed the bar i think he did this like a couple years ago but it's just worth mentioning that now he's got a job so she's the main parent and i guess that's supposed to be something that we care about um she's trying to create a bond with her mom hasn't really happened She's, like, sending pictures of the kids to maybe, like, dip a toe into starting a new relationship with her. 
Jen is our new castmate with the husband, Ryan, not to be confused with the last season that Jen, who had the husband named Ryan, Ryan, excuse me. Um, she looks like Candace Cameron and also every woman in Orange County and also every woman on Orange County. You know what I mean? Um, but I'm liking Jen a lot more than I liked Dr. Jen last season. Just immediately. She's got something. Like, something about her personality I actually, I think I like. She's coming into the show. She's being jumped in, so to speak, as Tamara's friend. They met through the gym and whatever. Um, so they had a friendship, like a really close friendship. But now it's kind of rocky because she had a husband, Will. She cheated left her husband, started dating this guy uh, a couple years ago named Ryan, right? And then it's like a whole thing. Tamara says initially that she's upset with Jen because Jen didn't tell her directly about her infidelity. Like she had to hear it from Ryan or from Will, her ex-husband or something. Okay. Like, are you... Okay. <laughs> I don't think that my friends are ever going to cheat on their partners, but like, if I hear that from somebody else first instead of them directly, do I have to be mad at them for that? Because I don't really feel like putting energy into that. I don't know. It just seems like a weird thing to be mad to like have a weird relationship with your friend about. Are you, it seems like you should be more upset about the fact that they cheated and not the fact that they didn't tell you specifically. <laughs> So back to Gina's storyline, Gina initially starts off right off the bat hating Jen because Jen is somebody who cheated. And because Matt, her ex-husband, cheated on her, that's like a what turns out to be an increasingly large trigger as the season goes on. So she, first Gina tries to like justify why she doesn't fuck with her, right? So she goes trolling through her. Uh, social media finds on her Instagram that the day before the cut fitness party, Jen, who owns a yoga studio, had posted a video and was like, oh my God, praise Jesus. We're still in business. Thank, thank you, Big Papa. Right. And Gina found that to be an extremely shady thing to post right before, you know, you go to your friend's closing of the gym party. Right. Jen's like, I don't, that wasn't my intention at all. I don't know what you're talking about. Like, my bad. I see how it looks, but like, I wasn't really even thinking about that. So, Gina doesn't win that one. Taylor, <clears throat> Taylor Armstrong, our first crossover in Housewives history. She's back. Her storyline is that she's going to Oklahoma City to work on a movie. She's going to be acting. She tries to get Heather to work on the project and Heather's like, <laughs> maybe not, not, not so much, but maybe, maybe, but no, but also thank you. But pass. Taylor doesn't really get that. That becomes a whole thing. Honestly, couldn't tell you what Shannon's storyline is, except for she's like kind of fighting, but then getting back along with Tamara there are obvious hints at productions trying to drop us about her inevitable breakup with John. Like people keep asking about their relationship and are you guys going to get married? What's the move forward? And it's just like them staring, you know, while they do that like symbol crash, you know, the housewives, you know, that one, <laughs> it, they're, they're making it very known that these people are about to break up. So it's like, why am I even invested? You know, I don't care. <laughs> 
But here's the thing. I am a Shannon apologist. So while I'm complaining about this flop, non-existent storyline, just know that there are several times in the future that I'm going to bring up where I've just found her absolutely delightful because y'all aren't appreciating Shannon for what she brings to the table. And that is Jan Brady energy. I've said it before. I'll say it again. It is the second fiddle energy. It is beta energy. It is just like, like Shannon's never going to be an alpha and Shannon just has too many things going on. Too many allergies, foibles. She can barely stand up. She is afraid of everything. And because of that, like people just, (laughs) this isn't nice. People like, I don't know, just like the way she navigates the world is very funny to me. And as a housewife, I think that Shannon is very necessary because she just like, she's so emotional at times when people are like, she's at a 12 and oftentimes other people are at a four and very confused. And that's like entertaining television for me. Like she's just like crying, sweating, peeing, accidentally doing things like, and she'll just never be that girl, but she's always going to try. And that's why you have to appreciate her for what she brings to the table, which is a lot, a lot, you know? It's a lot. There's like a bag of medicines, um, you know, like estrogen creams, uh, lots of like gems, stones that need to be charged. You know, just like a lot. You guys aren't appreciating her the way you should be. You really aren't. Anyway, so we're starting off with episode four. Tamara's invited all the ladies to Montana to go to a dude ranch, do cowboy shit, whatever. Shannon says... She's not going to brush things under the rug with Tamara anymore. Tamara since apologized, but like they're going to be in a new space where she's going to hold Tamara accountable. We got a brand new bitch in Shannon. So she claims Gina is helping her ex-husband, Matt, get his felony abuse charges dropped. Somehow Jen is responsible for triggering all of those emotions with that. Okay. Jen tells Heather and Tamara that Ryan, she and her boyfriend, Ryan, This is it. My man, my man, my man. We're super connected. We're doing all the things that me and my ex-husband weren't doing. We're going out. We're going to concerts. We, you know, this, that, and the third. I love him. Do you talk about marriage with him? Yeah. Ryan talks about it all the time. But here's the thing. Uh, Ryan has never been faithful in a relationship. And it seems like uh, Mr. Ryan has a reputation in Orange County as the town bicycle slut of the OC. <laughs> and he really gets around and has a name for himself. And apparently when some point in the two-year relationship that he had with Jen, they were on some sort of Ross and Rachel style break. He slept with somebody else. But Jen is like positive he's never stepped out outside of that. Tamara says, yeah, I know the woman that he slept with. It's a woman that he used to sleep with before, by the way. Mm. Heather goes all Maya Angelou on the situation and tells Jen, you need to believe the person that Ryan told you he was. And he told you he was a cheater. Once a cheater, always a cheater, girl. Get out of this relationship. Leave him. This man doesn't seem like... he. I get it, but I don't. You know what I mean? Like in my world, 
I would think that this is one of the corniest men alive. He is aggressively tan. He seems to like to shave parts of his body that I don't feel necessary, like his arms and his chest and stuff. Like, just, you know, just let the hair stay. Whatever, whatever. We can all make choices, right? He's always got the backwards cap. You know he he looks like? (laughs) He looks like... This is a very niche... You're probably going to have to Google this. On The Simpsons, there was like a... Uh, a scruff McGruff kind of character. It was like a, you know, like don't do drugs, kids. But it was like a dog who was like a surfer, and he always wore a backwards hat. And that's what comes in my mind when I look at Ryan. Like he's just so, I he's not my type. But I can see how in Orange County that a man like that would thrive, and it's so interesting because I don't get it, but I do. You know what I mean? Like, where in New York, you would have, like, a Harry Dubin or a Tom D'Agostino, um, you know, but these are men who have, like, they're, like, wealthy, you think, because they wear suits and they have, like, a penthouse apartment, but they're probably not doing as well as you, they would like for you to think, but it's, like, the ascots will really throw you off. And you can, you know, buy a $20 drink at the Regency, like, you're good, you know, um, But then in Orange County, they have dudes like Ryan and, like, Slade, who, like, also are, like, do you, you would tell that they had money at some point, you know? At at one point, there was money. (laughs) Like, you you could tell that Slade had, like, a really good four years financially, and he has been clinging to that memory ever since. And I feel like... You know, there's a little bit of a hobosexual situation going on, a little bit of like a homie hopping situation. And he's just, Ryan is just like going from one divorcee's townhouse to the next. And like, you know, they have a cute little year and a half or whatever. And then he finds some other chick and then it's just on the, to the next. Like, I know what I'm looking at. And it, it's so wild to me that men like this are able to thrive. <laughs> but I, you know, history, history has proven this to be true. Like I said, the twins have moved off to college, the Dubrow twins. And so Heather tells Terry, you know, we have this big ass house. We have the perfect family. Now they're gone. I mean, we do have some other kids in the house, but like, you know, we're gone. We're empty nesters, basically. So she cries to Terry about how she wants to move back to L.A. And yeah, that's that. Taylor's annoyed with Heather because they had this rehearsal for the movie. Right. And Heather was just very like... She felt, oh, you know, you're so cute. This is all such a cute thing. Like, very high school musical situation happening with this movie that Taylor's taking very seriously. But they ran a script. They ran through the script. They ran through a scene together. And when Taylor was about to leave, she told her, keep the script, right? Like, I want you to work. I sent you pictures of the office. You're going to be a producer. Like, She, Taylor really, this is like a gross miscommunication happening because Taylor really thinks that, oh, I'm just going to ask this woman to be in a movie and that's what's going to happen. Like I invited her to lunch and so now she's going to be playing movie with me, right? But Heather's like, no, I know how this works, but she's all, she's doing too much, right? Like Taylor's not doing enough. Heather's doing way too much. And so Heather's coming from a place of, I did not hear from a producer I didn't hear from the director I didn't get any of my notes 
I didn't get any of my markings. We didn't talk about a schedule. We didn't run through um, this, that, and the third. Hollywood, Hollywood, book me SAG AFTRA. You know, like she ran through all this stuff. And so this is why she's like, I don't know why Taylor is acting like this. I didn't think we actually agreed for me to be in this movie. But Taylor's like, no, I've got your uh, little name tags being made right now. So what's good? So when Taylor's like, oh, keep the script. Heather's like, oh, no, no, no. Keep it. If you have like a screen partner, if you want to run some lines with them in the future, you should keep it for them just in case, you know? So then Taylor tells Tamara that she was under the impression that Heather had this long and storied acting career, but the casting director came back to her and was like, actually, we're going to need a tape from Heather if she wants to be in this movie. And then she makes Tamara pull up Heather's IMDb credits right at that table. And then they just go down the list and just start roasting her more on that later. Um, Emily tests positive for COVID, so she can't go on the trip. Gina now has to stay with Jenna, the home wrecking whore who she hates, right? Her words. She actually didn't say that, but you know what I mean? I, I didn't say that. I actually did say that, but I, you know what I mean? They pick out the rooms. And this is why Shannon cracks me up. Because first, she's like mumbling. She's looking around. She doesn't want to go into this room. Unhappy about that room. I don't like the windows. I don't like this. I don't like that. Then they show her another room. They like, everybody's being pretty chill. Okay, uh, Shannon, how about this room? Okay, how about this one? Do you like that? Beautiful view of the lake that they're on. And Shannon just goes, she looks at that lake. And it's like the sun is going down and it's just like a gorgeous little vista, right? You're in Montana. Stunning. Shannon looks at that lake and just goes, Zika? <laughs> now, why would the first thing that you think of would be Zika virus? Because the mosquitoes are there. They're The way that Zika virus is just at the top of Shannon's mind at all times, because I know that this is not the first time that she's brought it up on camera. So think about how much this is just rolling through her mind just at any given moment. <laughs> and that's the beauty of Shannon. That is the beauty of Shannon. Then they go and ride on a mechanical bull. And when they ask Shannon if she's going to try, she's like, no, I can't because it's too vagina. And then in a confessional, she explains, I have a bony vagina. Like, it's just not a lot of skin. And I, I feel it on the bone. <laughs> Ma'am. Then the ladies circle around and play like, a, oh, let's talk about something we've never spoken about before. And Taylor comes out as bisexual. And that prior to her relationship with Russell, she had a five-year relationship with a woman, which like, iconic. And she's like, yeah, I mean... She's basically like, I think people maybe are surprised because of like the package or because she's in Orange County or whatever. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Great. What? There's a story there for me. I don't know. Moving on. (laughs) Gina starts liking Jen when she realizes that they both have a similar employment history as flight attendants. And Jen is telling the story about how she met Will when they when she was a flight attendant. And Gina's like, like, you can see in her eyes that the wheels are, the tides are turning for her with Jen. And she's like, wow, I actually think I like her. And then Gina's like, gosh, I just wish that we had started off on this common ground instead of the other way. And it's like, okay, you're the one who has bad feelings about Jen. I don't think Jen even knows right now. 
how upset that she's like inadvertently made you, but okay. <laughs> Tamara tells a story about playing Ouija with her Ryan's dad and her mom one time and like the Ouija kept insisting that she was pregnant, but she didn't know that she was pregnant at the time. This is your like little known history fact. Okay. Um, and then Shannon's, <laughs> again, Shannon's, um, what you might not know about me fact is that she had recently had a UTI, but then she says, actually, I had told most of you that already. <laughs> so Tamara then gets upset at Shannon for not like telling her truth, not being a little bit more open, but like your fact was just about a Ouija board. It wasn't like, oh, I got to know you on a deeper level that you that it that somebody pointed that you were pregnant and you happened to be oh okay like that doesn't make me dig deeper with you Tamara <laughs> and again Jan Brady behavior because Shannon unbeknownst to the rest of the ladies is just like trying to trick them and throw them off the scent by being like oh god um the girls their babysitter wasn't coming or you know they decided not to come to the house and the girls are like okay well, why don't you just have John well, first of all, why do they need a babysitter? They're 18. Um, secondly, why don't you just have John check in on them? And she's like, no, no, no. Like, I got to make a phone call, whatever. So what she's actually doing is dressing up in like some sort of, you know, old Wild Wild West cosplay as like a barmaid trying to surprise them and be like fun vacation Shannon. But they all use that opportunity to be like, what's going on with her and John? Like, why couldn't she ask John to watch the kids if they're so connected and, and their relationship is so great? <laughs> See, and this like Shannon will never win. That is so funny to me and sad and sad. Then Ta Taylor asks Heather about the movie. What's going on girl and how she thinks she got the vibe that like Heather found this whole thing beneath her, which she did. But Heather's like, no, it's just more of a protocol thing. Like there's no deal. I don't know what the schedule is, whatever. But Heather tells her, Taylor, this is an insecurity that you've built up in your own mind. Like I have nothing to do with all of these feelings that you have. But then they make up and Heather, because Taylor tries to pin her down and is like, okay, will you just read the schedule, read the script? And she's like, I will look at it and I will think about things. But then she finds out, Heather finds out that the director wants her to record a tape. And Heather's like, no, 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 no. Like, I have confusion here because you have an IMDb, Taylor, with no credits on it, except for um, the cameras that are right in front of us. You've never worked before and you just got this role just like as a walk-on. But my IMDb, with all of these credits from 1997 to 1999, were not enough. And I've got to record a tape? LOL. <laughs> and then Heather decides to, like, name drop that on the way to Montana, they ran into a director that she had worked with on this show that she had gotten a season on. And Taylor's like, uh-huh. This is where the Beverly Hills jumps out. She's like, yeah, you did 22 episodes on that. And Heather's like, why'd you say it like that? What's going on? <laughs> and Taylor's like, no, no, no. 22 episodes, that's really good. That's, like, great, great. Really good. Everybody's just watching this. And Gina says in a confessional, I'm confused about what's going on. Because Taylor is taking this so personal, even though she's never acted once before. 
Heather's acting like Taylor came in and stole all her, all her Oscars. Like she's fucking Judy Dench. Like what's happening here? This causes Heather to go off on how she feels like Taylor's denigrating her been talking shit about her. She put her career aside to be a mother and a wife and how Taylor, I feel like you're being anti-feminist and I was excited for you. And the person you are is like making a mountain out of a molehill when you offered me something that was not even yours to offer me in the first place. And then you go to all my friends and talk shit about my career. Fuck you, Taylor. (laughs) And that was, I was like, okay, well, you know what? I'm sad. I'm sad. We got to fuck you from Miss Fancy Pants over a role in a movie that is surely going straight to video on demand, never to be seen by anybody, but maybe tens of people. We got to fuck you. (laughs) My credits are long, bitch. Check the resume. And then we get to episode five where, because we left off on a to be continued and Taylor's telling Heather, like, I didn't talk shit on your career. I actually think maybe it was Tamara who said that you hadn't worked since the 1900s. And Tamara goes, no, no, no. I said 1990s. (laughs) But then roll back that beautiful bean footage. Tamara actually was like, oh, look at this from 1997, 1996, 1999. So she hasn't worked since the 1900s. <laughs> but here comes Tamara in real time. Like, no, nobody said anything bad. I didn't talk shit about you. Didn't happen. Don't remember. False. Negative. <laughs> Fake news. Heather then goes to the bathroom because she's like fully embarrassed by this, right? Tamara follows after her, insisting, I never said anything mean or shady, like did not happen. Taylor asks the rest of the ladies, do you think that Tamara just went to the bathroom to dish on me and try to get the upper hand? Cut to Tamara. She said you were dismissive. She said you were like, oh, pat you on the head. Like you left a script on the table. And then she went like this, this like, oh, look at you. You're so cute. Then Jenna's like, you know, my gut feeling would say no. (laughs) So Gina says, I actually feel like, Taylor, you're the one taking the heat when I'm not the one. I don't feel like you're the one who said anything wrong. I think Tamara did. And this is why Emily and Gina, every day, every season, I'm going to have to fight. At this point, like, can we put up some sort of like, uh, you know, petition to just get Gina and Emily to legally have their names switched because I can't take it. It just doesn't fit and it just makes so much sense and it would make my life easier if they would just do that for me. But anyway, <laughs> um, so yeah, Gina's right. Like she clocks Tamara and I can't wait for the moment where they actually go toe to toe because this is like the first person who sees Tamara for the raccoon that she is. She Tornado, spin the truth, bad weather (laughs) every time she does this. And it's like, oh, she'll do something. Well, I'll talk about it later because this is what this is like a masterclass in Tamara's behavior and why I don't trust that bitch. And I don't often like watching her. But then sometimes I'm like, this is she kind of ate that. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. 
To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weightloss. That's plushcare.com slash weightloss. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As we all know... When it comes to everyone's business, I like to mention it all, but when it comes to mine, I like to keep things a little bit closer to the chest. But that method doesn't always work when it comes to your mental health, and we all need a way to purge and get it out. Therapy is a safe space to do that and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down by learning positive coping skills and all the tools you need to help you be the best version of yourself. BetterHelp is entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So you can just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. So get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash everyone's business today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash everyone's business. Back to Heather and Tamara. They bring up the fact that Brian cheated on Jen, even though Jen presented it like they were on a break, right? But Tamara claims that Jen called her to say, Ryan cheated on me. And Tamara's response was, I already know that. Why the fuck are you staying with him? Like she's trying to talk her out of being with Ryan. And then she says, he's known as the town whore. And then my other friend, Heather, said that he walked into Cut Fitness pointed at me, Tamara, and said to Heather, oh, I'm going to fuck her. And when Heather's like, no, no, she's married. What about Eddie? He goes, no, 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 watch me. I'm going to fuck her. (laughs) This is all turning into like New Jersey, this like Laura, um, Marge's friend and, and all the ammo that she had and with, with, uh, what's her face, Jennifer Aiden, like, we're relying too much on a person who's not on the show. These like ghost people. I don't like when we have ghosts on the show, when there's all this reference to somebody who we don't even know, uh, can't anchor myself to, I don't know this person, but yet they're driving a lot of this storyline. Cause a lot of the reason of like Tamara having all this beef with Jen is because of things that Heather have told Tamara, but it's like, I don't know, Heather. I barely know Jen. Tamara, you've only back for three minutes now. And so this is just like a lot of chaos. But here's my other question. Tamara said, (laughs) and, and, you know, the New Yorker and me screamed about this internally, that she met Heather and Ryan when their gym was open in like April of 2020 or like May of 2020. And I'm like, Ooh, your gym was still open in May of 2020. <laughs> and y'all, that is so, never mind. We'll, we'll move on. We'll move on. Right. But the, this is when she met Jen and Will and Ryan and like, whatever. But my thing is if Ryan walked in, this would have been prior to his relationship with Jen, right? Like he would have been 
as a single man, I mean, I do think that the whole situation is like weird and fucked up. Like what man is going up to a woman or anybody pointing at another woman and being like, I'm going to fuck her. Like that is a whole weird ass situation in and of itself. Make no mistake. But I also feel like if he said that, but he was saying this as a single man before Jen, how, how much is Jen is supposed to care about this? Like how much are you supposed to be mad at Jen for something that Ryan said before she was in a relationship with him. You know what I mean? But again, like we're relying on the ghost of Heather and like, I don't, am I supposed to trust Heather? How do I know? Heather could be just saying shit, just to say shit. So why, why am I supposed to be taking this random bitches, sorry, (laughs) word as gospel? I don't know her. Anyway, the ladies go to a farm to do like ranch stuff and lasso each other and giggle and drink champagne or whatever. Gina and Heather are literally shoving, shoveling shit in the back of a trailer. Gina tries to drop some hints that like, I also think maybe you should be mad at Tamara over this whole movie thing and not Taylor. But Heather's like, but I asked Tamara point blank if she was talking shit about me and she said no. So, you know, what am I supposed to do? I, I did ask her. She gave me an answer. Later, Gina tells Jen, you know, I'm really happy that we bunked together on this trip because I got to know you without the infidelity. I was struggling with that. I was struggling with what happened to you in your marriage. But she pronounces marriage like marriage. I was struggling with what happened to you in your marriage. (laughs) So Jen actually apologizes to Gina. She's like, I'm sorry that my situation makes you uncomfortable. And she legitimately meant that. But she's also like... You know, it's not really my job to make you feel good about it. So I'm like, good girl. I I like that. So then Gina accuses Jen of having inconsistencies. And Jen is like, what are you talking about? And Gina says, well, Tamara's always alluding to the fact that there's like more to your story than what's going on. Saying like things like Jen has a strange relationship to the truth. And Heather's like, yeah, I've been getting that um, impression too. So, of course, Jen is now pissed that Tamara's been talking shit behind her back. So, Jen, thanks, Gina. Thank you for being so raw with your emotions. But, like, I need to talk to Tamara because that was fucked up. Back in Orange County, Annabelle gets signed to a modeling agency. And Shane has the nerve to ask Emily if she's going to be willing to commit to taking Annabelle on a job at the last minute. If, like, you're getting Botox and you get a text message that Annabelle's got a job. Are you willing to do that? Listen, you big tooth bitch, you just got a job, okay? So let's not get too hot under your child's dockers while you still don't have a W-2 to file, okay? The nerve of him, the way he speaks to her is, like, so crazy. Like, I am not, like, the first season that they were on, I'm like, that man is dreadful. And then I feel like over the seasons, he, like, kind of chilled out sort of but like mostly he just wasn't there like that whole season that he spent at some like motel six while he was studying for the bar that he failed again um actually maybe he passed that time but anyway also he like he passed under the 2020 like same thing as kim kardashian it's the same thing if you guys don't know that in 2020 the people who took the bar in california they like changed the they like loosened up the you know the regulations or whatever so a lot that's why shane passed the bar because they lowered and and the same thing for kim kardashian but anyway we'll move on 
So we go back to Mount Hannah, thank God, because I don't care about this modeling thing. Tamar tells everybody, get ready, gals. We're going for an overnight. Shannon, pack your estrogen cream. We're going on an adventure. Get some get some whiteies. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> get some thermal underwear and some long johns. We're going on a trip, girls. To another part of the property. Shannon tells Tamara, she's just like a little bit confused about the state of their relationship because Shannon was like talking cash shit on her every sorry Tamara was talking cash shit on her everywhere she could but on the other side like they have all these memories and they're some of the best memories of Shannon's life so they end up making up and hugging or whatever you know it's always just like every hug with Tamara is never forever you know it's just like a tentative until she feels like it you know what I mean <laughs> just like it's like we us agreeing to be friends is just uh, Tamara Agreeing not to be a raccoon. But you know what? The spirit always finds you. It's only around the corner. Just around the river bend. <laughs> so Tamara surprises everybody with, um, hey, I have three twin beds in these two tents. We're going to have a sleepover under the stars. Great. And everybody's like, mm, no, thank you. And then Tamara works her magic and I'm using air quotes about this. This is what I was talking about earlier. Tamara has the balls knowing that she was saying all of the things that Taylor said about Heather, 1900s, etc. She knows that she said that. She goes up to Taylor, the only person who could actually confirm this, and goes, no, really, Taylor, did I actually say anything bad about Heather? And then this leaves Taylor in a position to being like, well, maybe there was a chance that you were being sarcastic? And I should have known that the reason why Tamara was bold enough to ask her that, because she had something in her pocket, because then she was like, well, I heard that we were talking bad about her. And Taylor's like, I'm not the one who said that. Tamara goes, no, Gina did. So now Gina is looking stupid. And Gina says, well, you did say the 1900s comment. And Tamara's like, well, why are you getting involved anyway? Bye, Gina. You're trying to cause problems, Gina. <laughs> and this is how she gets away with things. Ooh. So now Gina, who was actually being a good friend to Heather by trying to steer her in the right direction, Gina's like, Heather, were you upset about me checking in with you about what Tamara said? And Heather's like, well, no, I'm fine with you checking in with me as a friend, but the spirit of what you said is that, like, this is a pattern. And then Jen flips it again on Tamara. Thank God for Jen for talking about her relationship. Like, okay, you claim to not be saying anything bad about Heather and her career, but you have been saying things about my relationship that weren't nice. The funniest thing about this scene is that while everybody's like hashing things out and like this fire is being put out, but then this fire is starting up again, there are people who are helping them make dinner. These two women, a brunette and one lady who looks like she got like a Merida wig from that movie Brave, but they're like whispering to each other. And this is the shit that I would love to see more of these people that are being tasked with helping these housewives having to navigate when they get into a fight and now you're just standing there like, uh, what do we do? So first they're like, okay. Cause they're, all the ladies are standing next to the table where they have like the wine and whatever. And they're like, God, should we go get the wine? Should we go over there? Like, no, I don't think so. Like, you want to go over there? No, I, I really can't. Like, but damn, we really need that bottle of wine. 
are you gonna go over to that shit show and the other one's like no 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 <laughs> so Tamara says she has resentment because ryan said he wanted to fuck her and jen is like why did you not bring this up and she's like well because it's kind of disgusting and my husband doesn't know and again gina sees it why am I being accused of being a shitster when you just outed this big ass secret and you told all these other people and now you're acting like I didn't tell it because my husband doesn't know. Okay, but you just told national television and like half these women on the on the trip and not the person who should have known. So, you know, back to the ladies, the, the ladies that are helping cook. They're like looking at the meat that's on there. Like, should we try some meat? And she's like, well, we might as well. Like, we have to taste it, right? <laughs> So then Tamara accuses of being caught in a parking lot with Brian. This is something that she brought up before that like this was a big expose to Jen cheating on her husband, leaving her husband for Ryan, right? Jen's like, no, I, you guys, I know you're not going to believe it. Take it or leave it. But Ryan was just giving me a gift. My husband, she was having some kind of party. Her husband left early. Ryan showed up, had a gift for her. So she like got in the car and I guess people saw them. And she says that that was the night that she went to her ex-husband and was like, we can't do this. Gina starts getting all upset again because she's like, oh, you're not talking about a physical affair, but you are talking about an emotional affair that you had with Ryan. And this starts triggering her all over again. So she gets to crying and surprisingly shannon who we know has been traumatized by that bug-eyed demon david was like you know i kind of feel like jen you must have felt very strongly that this was your person and that this was a co- emotional connection worth pursuing because who leaves a family of five if you're not sure right but gina's like no i don't like this like i can't do this i can't do this so she walks away Shannon says in a confessional, look, I'm surprised myself that I'm being so understanding about Jen, but I also think that I understand that I'm in a much happier place now outside of my marriage, and I'm not sure if Gina's there. And then again, Shannon ends up getting stuck in her belt buckle when she has to go to the bathroom, so Taylor has to get like a seven-inch knife to cut her out of her jeans. (laughs) God bless her. God bless Shannon Bedore. Storms. God standing storms Bedore. So then Tamara takes Jen aside to tell her, I just don't want Ryan to cheat on you. And like that's the bottom line. But then she brings up how other Heather, ghost Heather, got a dick pic from Jen. But Jen's like, No, no, no. I was sitting right next to him when it happened. He was trying to send it to me, but he only he had just got a new phone. Like it just felt it felt like a lie. He just got a new phone. He only had like so many people in his contacts, just me and the kids and Heather, I guess. And he accidentally sent it to her, but he was supposed to send it to me. And this is where I'm on Tamara's side. Tamara's like, first of all, why would he be sending you a dick pic if you're sitting right next to each other? And she's like, well, he was just joking. But then she says in a confessional, Tamara you're a 45 year old man what 45 year old man sends a dick pic over snapchat and i'm like yeah i'm with you girl and so Tamara asked well what did the caption say and it was me and my limp dick miss you which makes even less sense to me if they were sitting right together and then you send her uh, of your flaccid dick ew so Heather follows after Gina, who's crying in like a golf cart or whatever. And she is trying to FaceTime with Travis. But Heather's like, no, no, no. Get off the phone with him right now. Travis, she, Gina's fine. She'll call you later. Click. 
And she's like, yo, yo, Gina, I don't think it's fair for you to be talking to Travis about this situation, about like you being triggered with your ex-husband. Maybe you need to talk to somebody about it, but not your man, girl, because he's not your therapist. He's not your brother. So figure it out. <laughs> Call somebody else. Call a professional man. So we leave off that, uh, whatever, for episode five, and then we get to episode six, right? Gina's saying in a confessional that everything that happened between she and Matt was like a bad dream to her. And it's really a testament to Travis that he can tolerate all of her stuff. So then she says there are like days and situations that come up. Like the other day she went to a wedding in a church and she got upset because she also got married in a church. And I'm like, no, Gina, you really need to talk to somebody if that is going to trigger you. Just like normal stuff. It's not like you got married on a mountain or you got married at a specific, like, unique venue and you went to that same venue. You know, it, it just the church is what triggered you and got you all upset. That's not good. That's not good. I will give her grace for, like, you know, you know, I, I will give her grace. What she went through seems pretty traumatic. And she does say, like, instead of working through that, I just kind of kept a smile on my face, which is absolutely true. We saw it on her first season where she's acting like, oh, my husband lives in LA and he works in LA and like he comes on the weekends and our relationship is just perfect. And then we find out, you know, at the end of the season that they were broken up, you know, she was keeping it real cute. And I imagine that brings a lot of like stress and anxiety. But if you can't be triggered by such small things as a wedding, that's somebody, maybe you, maybe you do need to talk to somebody about that, you know? So Heather tells her to stop stuffing her feelings down. They hug. She, you know, wipes her tears and they go back. So the ladies go to the tents and Shannon asks Tamara, if you talk things out with Jen. And she's like, yeah, I was completely honest with Jen. No, you weren't. <laughs> no, you weren't. And then she's like, by the way, there were other women at that gym who Ryan said that he wanted to fuck. And so when they ask her, did you tell Jen that? Because you just said I was totally honest. No, of course I didn't. <laughs> Heather tries to be fun by pulling out a joint and then asking everybody at dinner, who liked my joint, by the way? You want to raise your hand if you liked my joint? And then Tamara asks everybody, okay, like, are we ready to sleep in the tents? And they're like, no. So we see them take their backpacks and they're rolling. Who brought the rolling piece of luggage? I, I should have... <laughs> rewound that I think it was Shannon or, or Heather but they're like no no, no. we're gonna walk back to the house and sleep in these beds in this 10,000 square foot home thank you so the next morning Jen calls Ryan and he's like gosh I just want to have a nice day but like Tamara's hitting below the belt she's saying all these things and Ryan's like well maybe this friendship really isn't for you but then Jen says in a confessional I'm holding off on telling Ryan the comment about uh him saying that he wanted to fuck Tamara until we get face to face because he's gonna be really pissed <laughs> so the ladies go to split up to do activities half of them go fly fishing Heather and Shannon and Gina go fly fishing Shannon or the other ones go uh rafting right so Shannon constantly is like looking in the water making sure an eel doesn't somehow get into her waders and like bite her and kill her or whatever Zika the whole thing so Shannon Jen and Taylor go Sorry, Tamara, Jen, and Taylor go rafting. Their instructor, Kevin, things start off okay, and then a little uh, person, a little little person, makes its appearance in the form of Kevin's balls. And so Kevin, who is sitting like 
you know, he's manspreading for sure. <laughs> he's sitting at the back of the raft and everybody's like just trying to now navigate the waves and also not look directly at this man's balls. Jen says in the confessional, they look cold and purple, a little bit shriveled. Like it just kept popping out at the most inopportune times. Like I'm trying to focus and there's his balls. Katara says it was like looking at her son's balls, which somebody else can unpack that. I don't dare to. Taylor says, I just couldn't stop staring. So Taylor says cracking jokes on the raft. Like, oh gosh, I wonder what we're going to have for lunch. I hope it's like spaghetti and meatballs, you know, something hearty like that. And the Tamara's like, you know, I'm just taking the view, just taking it all. And <laughs> so finally we get to the last night in Montana and Gina asks everybody, you know, what is your peak and your pit from the trip? Shannon says her peak was having the opportunity to reconnect with Tamara and, you know, like spank each other and take shots and get drunk and whatever. But the low is that she heard an animal next to her bed the night before. <laughs> Heather says that her peak was shoveling shit with Gina because, you know, it's really good to remind yourself that everybody has their place in the world and it takes us all. It takes a village and, you know, everybody's got their roles and, you know, just I'm just so lucky, right? <laughs> and then she says, my pit is that, Tamara, you know, you came into our friendship like eight years ago and it was a time when you and I weren't really getting along. And then you and Shannon became really close and I just kind of felt really left out and it just, it wasn't really a great year. And so today when I came into your room and you guys didn't open the door and you guys were like talking in the bathroom and stuff, it just made me really sad. And so Shannon's like, wait, 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 I'm confused because Heather, you weren't excluded. And then we see a little flashback where she's like laid out across the bed while Tamara and Shannon are like getting ready, curling their hair or whatever. And so they're like, how much attention do you require that that was an issue? So Tamara's like, it wasn't that she wasn't allowed in. It was like, she asked for a flat iron. She got it. They're like both like, I don't, we weren't excluding you. What's the issue, right? So they're confused. But Heather's like, it, it's not about you guys. It's like a me thing. Like, it's my insecurity that's being triggered. But they don't get that, right? So Shannon says in a confessional, I just feel like Heather might see a competition with me when it comes to Tamara. And there's just like something not positive that she feels towards me. Now, I do think that there's like two two things happening. I think Heather is right. She's like, this is me being insecure, and I'm just being honest about that. Like, it actually doesn't have any... Like, I'm not accusing you guys of anything. This is, like, my shit. But I also think that Shannon is right to be like... <laughs> like, what do you want me to do, you know? So Shannon tells her, like, I'm getting a little bit angry because... I feel like your pit should be that you got into a fight with Taylor earlier. <laughs> so now we're picking other people's pits, right? So Heather's like, nah, I just didn't really want to go back there. And, like, I just... This was what I thought about today. Like, this is what made me sad. But Shannon's like, no, you had a low and now you're making a new low by putting it on me and Tamara, who like after two and a half years, we're finally getting along and I pissed about it. So Heather's like, I I'm sorry. I'm just telling you how I felt. Like, it really has nothing to do with you. And then Heather says in a confessional, this is actually the culmination of like the past few days of Shannon and Tamara being all buddy, buddy with each other. And now she's worried that she's kind of like the odd man out with nobody. So Taylor apologizes to Heather about the movie stuff, but Heather's like, you know, we're good. Just in the future, instead of talking to everybody else about our situation, just talk to me. But like, you know, 
Good. The high for her, for Taylor, was the rafting and the balls, of course. Jen says her peak is forging new friendships, but the lows were low. And she hates that Gina's a trigger for her. And Gina's like, you know, I know that. And I feel bad that, like, you feel bad. But, like, it's not about Matt. It's about, like, it's not about me not being over my ex. It's about me, like, not having the time to process and just putting a smile on my face instead. And Shannon basically echoes what Heather said earlier about, like, hey, I'm a little bit concerned because you've got this great guy in Travis. And Heather finishes Shannon's sentence by saying, like, yeah, like, how long is he going to want to put up with you? That. (laughs) Which Gina gets pissed about, like, these are not, like, something to put up with. These are my feelings. And so she gets mad at Heather again. And it's like, I just feel like you're making a spectacle of my issues. And I just really question if you're even my friend now. (sighs) So then the ladies go back to the orange, back to the OC. Tamara and Eddie, we're doing our classic, like, catching people up with what happened on the trip, right? So she and Eddie are going hiking, and they're talking about how they're opening their new office for their, like, CBD, THC company, right? And so she tells him on that hike, someone told me, you know, a long time ago that when Ryan first came to the gym, he pointed out and said that he wanted to fuck me, and Eddie's like, yeah... I heard that Ryan has a reputation for going after married women and to like watch him, right? And that like Ryan and then Tamara's like, yeah, well Ryan's already cheated on Jen, so uh Eddie's like, well what is she doing? She's like, I don't know. I I don't know. So Tamara says, if I just see somebody with the wrong person, it just makes me lose my mind. Like it just reminds me of Brooks and Vicky. Okay. Well, a lot of people are getting triggered by past things and then putting it on future stuff and people who like Jen is not responsible for Brooks. Nobody is responsible for Brooks except for Vicky. That That's on her. That's definitely on her. <laughs> we can't put that... I mean, Ryan does seem sketchy. And then at one point, like, earlier in the season, she called him while they were in the Montana trip. And she was like, why won't you turn the light on? Like, it's so dark in there. Like, I can't even see you. And she was just talking to a black, black screen. And he was like, oh, you know. Blah, blah, blah. Like, he didn't really have an excuse for why he wouldn't turn his light on. And that was that was sketchy. That was sketchy. Annabelle got a modeling job. Okay. Jen tells Ryan what he allegedly said about wanting to fuck Tamara. And I loved her drinking from the mug. She was throwing shade. Where a, a mug, one of those, uh, what is the stupid brand from TJ Maxx? The like, I, I can't remember. Y'all knew it. The, the one with the font that's like a cookie jar on a cookie jar. Like pens in the pens dispenser. Like, you know, that, that sort of thing. She was wearing a, a holding a mug that said, be honest. <laughs> so she rides like Ray Dunn. Ray Dunn is the name of that company. Um, so Ryan's like, you said this was a lie, right? Like what's, what's going on? Like you backed me up. And so <sighs> Jen and Tamara ha- set the scene. They're telling Eddie and Ryan respectively, like what's going on with this ghost Heather. Right. And apparently they were like super close. They were like the trace amigas until shit went down. So Jen says that Heather would tell her things that like weren't the whole story and then would swear her to secrecy. And then so she started questioning Ryan and eventually she and Heather just stopped being friends. So Jen says that Tamara claimed she hadn't told Eddie about the allegations, right? And then Ryan's like, well, I'll tell him myself because it's not even true. So then Jen tells Ryan about the dick pic and how that came up. And he was like, listen, I would never send a I miss you with a dick pic to somebody I never slept with. 
and I'm not going to entertain this anymore. So now Jen is like, listen, if we want to move forward, that's great. Like, if not, maybe I'm not your girl. And like, Tamara needs to start just being honest with me. So the episode ends with Gina having dinner with Travis and they're talking about why she's upset with Heather. And she says in a confessional, I just feel like friendships are like very easy for me, but like there are just very few people who can like pass that boundary. And Heather was one of those people. So it's, it's tough. Like I'm in a tough situation. So she tells Travis that Heather was like upset and claiming that theirs was a one-sided friendship. And when she says, I'm sorry, Heather, she's like, I told her I'd work on it and I did. But then here we are in Montana and Tamara's, talking about the affair and Heather's like took the phone when I tried to call you. And I just feel like it wasn't fair to you. And like, I saw her point, but then Heather made me feel like I just shouldn't talk to you about this stuff at all because like, whatever, like, and then she made it seem like this was this big deal, but then she didn't check on me after the fact. Like she, we had this conversation and she didn't check on me. Here she was with Tamara, like having fun and smoking her joint, sharing her singular joint with everybody. And she didn't check on me if she cared that much to get me off the phone with you. Then why she didn't she do that? So then she asked Travis, like, do you think that I shouldn't talk to you about this stuff with my ex? And he's like, no, 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 absolutely talk to me about it. And then he gets his own confessional and he's like, listen, Gina's come a long way and it is hard because, you know, maybe somebody doesn't want to hear about an ex, but like at the same time, I'm her person. So she can come to me. She should come to me. And like, we're together to help each other through hard times. Like I went through a divorce, different situation, but she helps me through my stuff. And if she needs to lean on me more, I got some pretty big shoulders. And at that point I was like, okay, all right, Travis, I see you. I see you, Mr. Beard. Gina says, she tells Travis, like, I just always feel like because of what happened to me, like, I always feel like the bottom's going to come out, fall out, right? And I'm just upset because Heather should know that, Travis, you're my person. And, like, she's not a good friend if she doesn't know that. (laughs) And this is where I'm leaving Gina at the station. Like, I don't know if that's, like, she has a point. This, like, you're not my friend if you don't know Travis is my person is not the one, not the hill I would die on. You could find something else. You could find something else. Not this one, girl. Hopefully next episode you will find it. With that, you guys, thank you so much for listening. Thank me for speaking. Love you.